This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Boonwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. The land on which I am lucky enough to raise my son always was and always will be Aboriginal land. This episode of Witching Hour is brought to you by Elan House of Wellness, the ultimate destination for postpartum care, supporting mothers with food, education, self-care tools and gifts. Hello and welcome to Witching Hour, the podcast that looks at what's exciting, delighting, intriguing and frustrating us when it comes to making work, work. I'm Lucinda. And I'm Loz. Good news story for the week. Taylor Swift says thank you to Errors to our... Errors? Errors or Errors? Errors. I don't know. (laughs) It's not Errors. Errors. (laughs) Errors to her by handing out paychecks. Multi-award winning entertainer clearly recognises that she couldn't have done it on her own. Correct. Swift reportedly gave bonuses totaling more than $55 million Shit, yeah. Yeah. To those working on her show, that money was distributed to her dancers, riggers, sound technicians, catering and truckers. I love what that. This is reminding me of the Ryan Gosling clip that I shared this morning where oh my he God, acknowledges his that. wife. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's what she's doing. She's yeah. been like, it doesn't happen without these people. Exactly. Today, a Whitney Wolf heard headline that made us question the way women are portrayed in the media, Queensland public schools to trial a four-day school week, the gender pay gap for organisations with a workforce of 100 or more employees is going to be on the public record from next year, and your answers to our questions about mowing the lawns and how much time you're getting to yourself. All right, Loz, kick us off. Former billionaire Whitney Wolfherd out as Bumble CEO amid stock's 80% slide. Everything about this headline enrages me, to be honest, because when you've looked at previous headlines of similar situations that have happened, and most likely with a male CEO, they've been very different. Like, I don't know if you picked it up, but could you tell the negative connotations in that? Yeah, even when I first read that, all I really noticed was, gee, her stocks have slid 80% when it's like she's made one of the most successful companies. companies on the planet. Exactly. And that's coming from like a female feminist. So like the fact that I've just taken that narrative straight away. And Absolutely. Like, oh, she's run that company into the ground. Yep. So I looked at this on LinkedIn and someone had commented, I loved this comment, so I wanted to repeat it. They said, really Forbes in this day and age, and yet you know how to inspire. I'm like, come on. Mm. Here's your announcement when Jeff Weiner stepped down as CEO of LinkedIn to become chair of the board. Exactly what Whitney Wolfherd is doing. You can do better. Let me read you the previous headlines for when he stepped down. I'm already annoyed. LinkedIn CEO Jeff Weiner ending 11-year run. Isn't that incredible? They're already saying he's had such a good run. He's been a leader for over a decade. Isn't he amazing? Yeah, exactly. Another headline. Jeff Weiner it's Weiner. Did I say Weiner? Can we say Weiner? It's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Weiner to step down as LinkedIn CEO and become executive chairman. I think what's so frustrating is that that is literally what Whitney Wolfherd is doing. Which Forbes did not let on in that headline. No. And she does it with such grace on her own Instagram when she makes a statement that I want to read. I won't read the whole thing. It's quite long. 
She says, I founded Bumble in 2014 for women to make the first move to be equals in their relationships, to create a kinder, safer digital space. I couldn't be more honored and excited to step up, not down, to step forward, not away into the executive chair role at Bumble Inc. come January. It's my honor to announce our new CEO, Lydian Jones, a woman whom I deeply admire, respect and adore. She goes on to say all these lovely things about her and then obviously says how grateful she has been to be the CEO and founder of this company for such a long time. It has been one hell of a ride, she says. From the very first woman making the very first move on our app to making our original marketing banners at Kinko's and hanging them wherever people would let us with our scrappy, passionate team, all the way to a publicly traded company with millions of members around the world and one billion in revenue. Wow. Like as if Forbes couldn't take a line out of her book and just give her some praise. Like, Bloody come own. on. I think I'm going to have to do a quick Google of some other female and male executives and how they've been treated in the media. And as one person on LinkedIn put so well, I will forever remember this picture of Whitney Wolfheard ringing the bell while carrying her one-year-old, talking about breaking stigma, acting bold and representing female leadership in the most authentic, vulnerable way. She's a bloody legend too. And you forget what she actually was doing through Bumble, which as she says was creating equality like in the dating landscape of like or like creating safety for women. Like, exactly. And it went from like an legend. idea as a yeah. startup, which so many women do. Yeah. They come up with this, this idea, then obviously you have to get capital and it's a, a publicly yeah. listed company. Like that is yeah. the hustle, the grind. Yeah. And all that hours. heading is doing is focusing on the plummet of stocks right now, which happens in businesses, right? There's rises and there's falls. Yeah, absolutely. But I think the fact that no one gave her credit yeah. for raising a family, yeah. for taking this company to extreme highs over the period of time that she was a CEO is mm. is pretty despicable in my eyes. It just teaches you to always second guess and look deeper at media narratives because that literally sat with me like, gee, she's run that company into the ground for just a microsecond. Yeah, but don't forget it's also, grown, it's also grown to a stage where she probably never imagined it growing. Yeah. Like she started out maybe with, I don't know, 10 employees mm. and now there's thousands. Yeah. If you put it in the perspective of motherhood, it's very easy to focus on one child when you have one child. Yeah. Then you have two and the rain slips slightly. And then you have three and you're like, far out, what's going on here? Mm. Like, yeah. oh, I need help. Yeah. Imagine going from a company of 10 to thousands. Like she can't be across every single decision. Nor should she be too. She's not the only one making these decisions. So that headline is bloody infuriating. Yeah. Forbes do better. Was you found something else I have, good on this. I have, I have. So the Rockefeller Centre released some research titled Does the Media Influence How We Perceive Women in Leadership? like bang on for exactly what we were talking about. It's actually done by the Global Strategy Group. One interesting stat that I found, which I think is fascinating, is that male and female CEOs are portrayed differently in times of crisis. Yes. The skills and performance of a CEO should matter most in a crisis. Obviously, that's the time when everyone looks to you yeah. when you've really got to assert yourself. The framing of the crisis is different based on the CEO's gender. Female CEOs are more likely to be blamed as the source of the crisis, oh 80% my God, of stories. I'm looking at the stats now. Yep, as opposed to male CEOs, which is 31% of stories. So that's exactly why you'd find that negative language around Whitney Wolf Heard yeah. saying that stocks are, have slid, which is a fact. It's not, yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's not embellished. Yeah. But the fact that they're trying to solely say, yeah, that's the headline. It was you that did this. Yeah. It's not would like would be so different if it's it was not a like male. influential businesswoman steps out of this role and into this role, as you said that they talked about. Exactly, Wiener. yeah. It was her stocks have fallen and she's stepping out. Exactly, or I think 
if there was a situation where there was a male CEO and stocks had fallen, mm. I'm sure it would be something around the economic climate. Yes. Oh, or, so true. Like finding a reason for why that happened. Or um, additional competitors in the market yeah. or um, a new competitive landscape. It would be something yeah. to justify that other than the actions yeah. of the CEO. Or they'd mention his successes as well as where things had gone wrong. Yeah. I'm seeing some other huge disparities in these stats, but I can't read it because I've got the worst eyesight. <laughs> Can you please tell me yes. what you're seeing there? Okay. So the Rockefeller Center Foundation analyzed the media coverage of 20 CEOs during a transition or time of crisis to determine if there are differences in the way male and female CEOs are covered in the press. These are interesting. 49% of articles analyzed mentioned gender when the piece was about a female CEO, as opposed to 4% of the articles <laughs> mentioned gender when the piece was about a male that CEO. Is fascinating. Yeah. So it's almost like you're a woman. We yeah. expected this. Yes. But we, we don't even need to say you're a man because you're so great. Yeah. 16. Yeah, it's like, it's like species is man <laughs> yes. and you're, you happen to be a woman. Yes. <laughs> 16% of these articles talked about the female's personal life. Yeah. Whereas only 8% talked about the male's personal life. Which doesn't sound much, but it's literally half. So that's a huge difference. It is a huge difference. This is the best one. 78% mentioned family when talking about a female CEO's personal life. And 0% <laughs> mentioned family when talking about the personal life of a male CEO. Instead, articles around male CEOs highlighted their academic background, personal plans for retirement, post-career ambitions or their social life. Wow, that is huge. It is huge. The disparity, like I don't even really know what to say on that. I do think, and I know this was a while ago and I'm not deflecting off this whole saga, but I do want to draw a similarity between something that did happen in Australia with the Optus outage. Yes. So... I was affected. I was devastated. Didn't have my phone. I love the word you know, affected. I whatever. Would have, I would have probably said the same I'm thing. I'm a victim of the Optus scandal. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a terrible time. Yeah, it was a terrible time. <laughs> I am not a small business owner yeah. with products, so I can't understand how frustrating and potentially Damaging. crippling yeah. that would be. Um, but what I would say is that one publication – stood outside her house taking photos and all they could say was that she was setting up for an advent and, she, you know, she was just pottering around her house. And I felt like saying, would you say that about a male? There's no way they'd say about that. And, they and we don't have to feel mad about it because you found good stats to show us that yeah, that's actually they true. They almost insinuated that she wasn't doing anything. I'm like, let it's me like tell you something. almost a care work angle. Like, oh, she was doing the work of the home. She wasn't focusing on her job. Yeah. But I can guarantee you, she would have been sitting there shitting her pants. Yeah, like yeah. half of Australia she have slept. I mean, didn't it was have during the day, but. internet. Like half of Australia didn't have mobiles. Internet hospitals mm. were at risk. Yes. Like I cannot imagine she was sitting there thinking to herself, "La la yeah, la." Yeah, I'm just going to fold I'll some laundry. Yeah, I'm just preparing for an event I've got tonight. She would have been on that phone being slammed. Hundred percent. And I think the narrative around it. Rightfully so. I'm not saying that it wasn't a very stressful yeah. situation. But, but it I would have been different if there was a male it CEO. It would have. I'm sorry, but I just I, I don't, don't think, think she would have been, been scrutinised for her family and social events yeah. Yeah. the way that she was. 
I actually saw an interesting article on the conversation about a similar topic. I think this is more about the objectification of women and sexualizing women in positions of power and how they're portrayed in media. So the article is there's a big problem with the Murdoch media. No one is talking about how it treats women leaders. I won't read the whole thing. I'll link it. But the end of this article is bang on. It's clear that Murdoch Press has a woman problem and there's a lot of publications obviously yeah, that have with similar, similar issues. issues. This poses a real obstacle for women in politics, especially those who oppose Murdoch's conservative ideology. But it also broadcasts a message about women's roles and place in society more generally, that no matter how privileged or powerful a woman might be, it's nearly impossible to escape sexist commentary and the objectifying male gaze. And I think that just covers it. As consumers, often we believe what's in the news and we're usually sucked in by a headline. Straight away. I was straight away sucked in by that Whitney Wolf Heard headline. If anything, I would urge you to reconsider what you're reading and frame it from your own perspective. Like if that were you, how would you feel about it? It's also a great reminder. I think in the age of social media, we're headline readers, yeah. which isn't enough now. We need to read beyond the headline if we actually want to get a full picture of something rather than making judgments based on the propaganda that media often runs. Queensland public schools to trial new hours a four-day school week. my attention and okay. I am years off school. Queensland has introduced flexible study options for all public primary and secondary schools to begin next year, with several schools already proposing shorter school weeks. How much shorter can we get? I know. How much shorter can we get? I know. We we need nine to five hours, five days a week if you want mums to be out of work. A four-day work week, a four-day school week. Work week. Well, nice. pretty much affects <laughs> yeah. a work week. So four day fair. school week is exactly what it sounds like. Students typically start their school days a little earlier and finish classes a little later. But in return, they get a three day weekend every week. In rural areas, especially, kids often use that extra day off for chores or work or family time. Who's having family time if you're working full time? What's just the kid doing like, by themselves? Are they only thinking about? Really high income earners that have flexible also, lives. I like, still think with what? additional, it's wild with this additional hours for school. So let's just say the normal school day is what, like eight thirty till three. Think something like that. Okay, so maybe it starts from eight and finishes at four thirty. Eight we'll till four thirty or five. Yeah, it's still almost impossible if you don't live really close to where you work. That's so true. To maintain like that working full time. Like five o'clock, unless you have a really great office. Or, unless you work from or home. Or you work from home. Yeah. Like five o'clock is the earliest reasonable time to leave unless there's flexibility. So it's oh, still So what stressful. are the kids going to school till six? Do we then I'm have to pack so them dinner? This. Is that an additional expense? And for those, I understand that there, I think, is arrangements for, say, a mother and father who both work on site, so he's a paramedic and she's a nurse, whatever. Yes. I think there's arrangements in those scenarios or one of them's a teacher themselves where they can lean on that extra day for care or school or whatever. Yeah. But then how guilty are those parents feeling that all the other kids go to school four days a week and their kid has to go somewhere else that fifth day? Look, if everything changed and it was more of a four-day work week for yes. adults um, – maybe that would pass. But I'm like, dude, I just don't understand. Like yeah, that, there are so many things thrown against us already. Why are we yeah. making it even harder for working parents? That is a good point you raised though. The only good thing that might come out of this is that it really actually begins to change the way we work. It might mean but more what, flexibility. You're right. It's not going to happen overnight. So who does the extra load fall on? Moi, me, myself, Mothers. I. Mummies. Yeah. 
Sorry, I've got to stop saying that. You hate it. It gives you the ache. Yeah, it does. I'm trying to give you the ache, to be fair, but I'm going to stop. But yeah, like as you say, even if it does positively influence the way we work in a few years' time. It's not going to happen now. It's not going to happen now. Yeah. What's the actual purpose? Can you tell me? What's what's their aim? What what problem are they trying to solve? Let me read. Sorry. The compressed week. Okay. Sorry. I am really going to drill into this. Yeah, you are. I can feel it. Yeah. This compressed week would have the same amount of contact hours and curriculum time compressed into four days. So the change was proposed to assist well-being for students, Mm. which I do understand because I think, well, I definitely know since I was at school, I feel like there's a lot more pressure placed on kids mm. um what since as in the kids of today versus the us as yeah kids. well i i also think that's due to like social media there's yeah. all these additional yeah. influences that they feel like they have additional expectations to live up to yeah well maybe it's less i mean i don't have any research i guess that. there's also a lot of like they have more connection to the outside world and the bad things that go on so there's just more overwhelm in general yeah, I you're think, right. for kids. you are right so i know what you mean yeah so well-being for students and reduced cognitive stresses, which lead to declining attendance and burnout. That's interesting. Yeah, the Australian school year lasts around 180 days. There's 365. When you put it like that, that makes you realise how many holidays there are. With the average amount of school holidays every year equating to roughly 12 weeks, the average person's annual leave per year is four weeks. That already makes me laugh. Like when you think about the structural organisation of our world – we give kids 12 weeks off a year and the parents that look after them four weeks. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make it sense. It actually doesn't make sense. Also, what I'm learning and what I've just learned is that three-year-old kinder has the same rules. They don't yeah. operate during school holidays. <gasps> oh, it's not like daycare. No. My face is – no, I know you're dropping. My, it's my just face is actually dropping. Dropped. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yes. So as of – if you send yourself to – if you send yourself – I would wow, love to go to kindergarten. Real day. Kindergarten was a really great time in my life. If I could relive that, I would. Go back to finger painting. Um, if you send your child to a three-year-old kinder that isn't part of a daycare, okay, which means it is yeah. so like the most likely cheaper related ones. Yeah, yep. they do not operate throughout school so holidays. That's one of the benefits of going to those private um, kinders within daycares. Like you know how some daycare centers. Yeah, but you obviously pay a lot more. Yeah. For good reason. Because of the extra hours though, right? It's not Correct. actually the Long. cost. Like yeah. you still get the same subsidy from the government. Yes, which is 15 hours but a week. you're obviously paying for more hours. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so let me. Loz, what are you going to do? <laughs> oh, I'm going to fill my house with activity stations and yeah. I'll put a big giant timer in front of it. We should turn this room into a kindergarten. <laughs> I'll come. Obviously, I want to oh go back God. to kinder. Honestly, I don't know. It stresses me out because I'm like, how does that actually work? And I always think like if this stresses you and I out who in the grand scheme of things are really privileged people who are yeah. trying to create really flexible lifestyles in yep. terms of work, what does it do for the mum and dad that work on-site full-time. Also, it puts a lot of additional pressure and stress on your yeah. relationship. And you know when you're – like today, for example, um, I came here via dropping Ray at daycare. Mm-hmm. And when I say here, I've come to your house. Yeah. I'm then going into a studio where I freelance to do some freelance work. And I packed a bag for Hades to take for Ray to his parents because – Ray was asleep this morning, so Hayden couldn't pack yeah. the bag. And Hayden's like, I actually can't go in there. I was like, fair enough. To be I'll honest, pack you the didn't bag. really need to pack a bag. I'm pretty sure Annie shall has you yeah, covered. She probably but... has everything there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, packed the bag, dropped that to Hayden's. All of those little logistical things. Imagine if you worked full time 
and you have to work out all those little logi- logistical things every day. Yeah, but most people do. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Like you and I are the lucky ones. Yeah. One thing I did find out, so for context, my brother is a teacher. Mm-hmm. So I did kind of put this past him. And one thing that he was actually saying, and I also read, was that the most important thing in a classroom is the teacher. Yes. Right? That's fair. When they're educating and looking after your children. And for a lot of schools, they want the best teachers Mm. in front of children. Mm. So in some ways, what they're saying is like, obviously, we know at the moment there's a huge shortage on teachers. Hence the reason why I believe as of next year, teaching degrees are free to encourage more people to do teaching. So if it was a four-day school week, then I think the thinking around schools is that they would be able to potentially attract and retain yes. better teaching And so teachers talent. would be able to actually adopt a four-day work week because that's an industry that we've thought of sort of gets left out of the four-day work week conversation. Yes. But in this scenario, that would mean that a teacher could do a four-day work week. Yes. And I mean, I have said n- numerous times, oh, but how lucky are you? you get like three yeah. months of holidays every year. But God, they earn it. They do earn it. And what I've been educated on is, yeah, but it's the school holidays that every other child in Australia yes. gets. And I would like to know what percentage, we might, I think we'll have to look this up right now, what percentage of teachers are also mothers? So I found an article, it's not specifically about mothers, but recent data says that 97% of pre-primary teachers, 85% of primary teachers and 68% of secondary teachers are female. So that is overwhelmingly a female-led industry. Yeah. We can assume that about half of them are mothers. At minimum, I'd I would say, say, yeah. So as you were saying, like as much as 12 weeks sounds great, those people in every second that they have off are just looking after kids. kids. Yeah. Final question for you. Do you think that the benefit to teachers and students outweighs the – effects to working parents of a four-day school week? Shit, that is such a good question. So if I think about me personally, Mm. who has a flexible work schedule, it wouldn't be too bad for me if this sort of thing happened because I would have my kids at school longer for four days of the week. I would get every bit of work that I needed done and I'd have a fun day with them one day a week. I'd be okay with that. But this isn't about me. This is about people that are less privileged in our society It's a really hard one. If it's going to lead to better teaching outcomes and therefore better learning outcomes and then therefore better emotional and mental health for students, you could say that that's a huge positive. Mm. But if two full-time parents who are struggling to pay the bills are scrambling as it is to get their kids everywhere, what on earth does a four-day school week do for them? I'm not sure. And if those same parents are stressed at home, does it help their kids even if their education is marginally improved? Also, I have a three-year-old and I find it taxing on some days. And I think about what my life is going to look like when she's a teenager. This sounds awful, but as for primary school, I'm like, cute. It'd be cute to have her like an additional day. We could do all yeah. this fun shit. But then I'm like, when she's 15. She won't want to hang out with you either. I know. So then how do you monitor that? Yeah. What do, do I you want do? to put her in house arrest and be like, yeah. hey, girlfriend. No, yeah. not a school day, but I'm still working, so do you don't know, leave the house. Do you know what will like, happen right. to primary carers? They're just dropping their kids around all over the shop to all their friends' houses on that day instead of them getting an education and being looked after. <laughs> if I was to play devil's advocate against myself, though, yep. I guess right now in this second, I'm thinking more of like who's looking after my child in yeah. a babysitting angle. Yes. I'm not thinking about education. It will be interesting child, to yeah. see 
as we move through this and we get older and our kids are actually being educated and what it does for their brain and their health and all of that, it would be interesting to see how that shifts. Yeah. So right now we're thinking, okay, so you're just giving another day of care that parents need to figure out. But if it did lead to better education outcomes, would that flip the narrative? I'm not sure. Stay Stay tuned. tuned. (laughs) Christmas can be a really stressful time and it can be hard to find a moment for yourself. We know how much of the load is placed on mothers and Elon House of Wellness wants mothers to prioritise themselves through nourishing food and self-care. With their incredibly thoughtful offering of dry mixes like the dark chocolate banana bread, traditional Chinese medicine mixes, I can't wait to try the Restore Herbal Soup in my upcoming postpartum, and gifts including affirmation cards, body oils, mists and creams, Elan House of Wellness is changing the way we think about postpartum care and looking after mothers. Loz, you've had two postpartum experiences now. Any tips? I personally cannot stress the importance of self-care enough. I know I overlooked it the first time around because I was so focused on the birth, but the thing I actually appreciated the most was when people brought around nutritious food or body products specifically for me. It's actually how I came to know of Elon House of Wellness. A girlfriend made me their banana bread and it is amazing. I use their body oil and it really feels like a mini retreat in a bottle. What I love most about Elan House of Wellness is their contemporary interpretation of ancient Chinese traditions, which believes that when you support the well-being of the mother, you in turn support the entire family. Do yourself a favour and prioritise your own self-care by shopping their range of family and pregnancy-friendly products. Listeners of Witching Hour will receive 10% off using code postpartumready at elan.house. This offer has no expiration date but excludes 28-day postpartum packages and gift certificates. From 2024, the gender pay gap for organisations with a workforce of 100 or more employees is going to be on the public record. That makes me a bit giddy. This obviously opens exciting opens floodgates for women to have when they're going for jobs at these places because they can just say does your gender pay gap reflect the culture that you're in it's all well and good that you're saying all these things yeah but show me the money (laughs) i would never say that in a job (laughs) i would love to but it won't happen apparently this is already happening in the uk when the uk government first published the information in 2017 it was explosive with companies forced to defend large gaps between what they paid male and female staff They included well-known companies such as airline Ryanair, a 72% pay gap, the bank Barclays, a 44% pay gap, publisher Telegraph Media Group, 23% pay gap, and consulting firm KPMG, 22%. KPMG is the one that surprises me, and I'll give you a story about Ryanair in a minute. But KPMG, no, 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 (laughs) I can give you one about him too. But KPMG surprises me because now, when you look at them, their maternity benefits are so good. They're like twenty six weeks at the top of their game. They actively recruit females. They've got quite a good rep, obviously. It's an maybe, accountancy-based firm. Yeah, maybe it's because of what happened in UK yeah, potentially. in 2017. But this is why this stuff is so good. Yes, because it literally demands change. Exactly. I feel like it ties back to how we've been talking about that we don't like complaining about motherhood for the sake of it unless we have stats. Yeah. This is another one of those things where it's like, 
oh, no, yeah, like shit needs to change. Like yeah. it's not fair and you are getting paid more than me. And now we can bloody well say it. Yeah. So Ryanair, I've got two stories for you. Number one, I believe they used to charge people with a disability to bring their wheelchair on board. You're kidding. No additional fee, which oh, is a disgrace. Oh, my God. And number two, when I was in Ireland a number of years ago, there was a huge snowstorm yeah. and no flats were leaving. So we were kind of stuck at the airport. And then I looked out the window and we were flying with Ryanair. And because our luggage limit was so low, I'm not joking you, I reckon I had three pairs of pants on, like four jumpers, two scarves. I was so hot. Like I would worn my entire suitcase (laughs) to not pay extra luggage. And I looked out the window and the only plane that was leaving from that airport was mine. And there was people, two men standing on it with like snow brushes. I don't know what their official name is. And all I could think of, this is He's my like, last destination. This is my final destination. Like, what? How are we leaving? When you say that you were in Ireland, wait, uh, Ireland, Ireland, way back when, all I can think of is that photo of Ryan where he looks overweight <laughs> on that trip. Was that in it's, Europe? Yeah, that was in Europe. <laughs> that was the eating tour. Oh my gosh, that was so bad. Oh, he looks so different. Yeah, so it's terrible. We're little... shaming him, but it's just this photo in particular. Oh, I know my gosh. no one can see it. But I know. It's just a very funny photo of well Ryan. do you know what our and dad made us scarf on? i know it was uh, <laughs> loose it was really cold also it was a long time ago and my dad came to meet us for christmas and my dad saw us at the airport and he said to me jesus style what happened to your legs <laughs> oh i was like what <laughs> oh no and he was like god you've both put on some condition. I was like, well, you were freezing. You had to have some extra going on. I'm like, Dad, it's like literally negative 19. He's yeah. like, yeah, 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 it's very cold. But I knew what he meant. <laughs> Took many months to lose so that now, condition, let me tell reason, you. Was that the same holiday? Because I Yeah, it was the same holiday. That, brings that it was the same that. holiday. That so funny. Oh, my God. We've gone a bit off track. Sorry. Though, but I like continue, the story. Continue I like back. the story. Thank you for it. And um, look, we all ebb and flow in our way, so we're not having a go. We've all been there. But this photo of Ryan, I'd share it if he'd let us, but I don't think <laughs> oh, he'd he would like die. That. Not a chance. <laughs> One thing that I do think a lot of businesses would be freaking out about, particularly those ones that do have to report if they've got more than 100 employees, is that while they might be making their best effort to bridge that gap, they might not be quite there. And let's just say they've implemented a new board, they've got new women in leadership that are really making marks on their industry or that organisation, but they've still got a way to go. What they can do is they can still release a statement explaining what they're actively doing and why they're not there yet. I think it's still good for businesses that are looking to maybe do a huge recruit, Mm. but then are worried like, oh, shit, is this going to affect? Yeah, but still the best most forward-thinking businesses won't have to make those statements. That's very true. Like it will still find out a lot of businesses. If you bring it down to the bare bones, why would a place not be paying equally qualified people the same amount of money? That is you're spot on. Yeah. You're right. This is going to be really interesting. It'll be interesting particularly, I reckon, around IWD, International Women's yeah. Day next year. They should release it on that day. Well, there was that bot last year, remember? I don't remember. Do you not remember that? Oh, there was my a bot, memory is so bad. There was a bot last year that was like calling out companies like on LinkedIn and stuff like this is your gender bake out. What are you going to do about it? That's so It good. was horrific. It was amazing. Unbelievable. It, I, I just got the popcorn and sat back and watched. 
Oh. It was so good. So I reckon there'll be something that happens around this next year. Yeah. Exactly to what you said before, the government's response and why they're wanting to push this is that they hope that it's not really a naming and shaming exercise. Like this organization's not doing it. This one is. We sort of I hope mean, it we is. kind of know it will be. But, um, <laughs> it's been way more exciting. <laughs> yeah, but rather that there's recognition underlying it that companies are trying to improve and change the yes. situation. I mean, ultimately, even though I just joked about that, ultimately what, what we want to see is for this to improve the conversations and then the action around that pay gap just bloody decreasing. And you would have to say that surely once this becomes public, surely we're going to see a smaller gap. I would think so. My two questions to our Ready or Not community this week were just around our last episode around okay. lawn mowing yes, and around how much free time people are getting from the, away from their kids. Okay. I must say, I'm shocked, surprised, relieved that no one has come at me for the fact that I can't start a barbecue. What and are they going to say? That I'm pathetic. Oh, my It'd God. Be fair. Honestly, I know. Everyone's actually pretty understanding. We have such an understanding community. Thanks, Cute. everyone. <laughs> uh, anyway, I've gone silly again because it's near the end of the show. So my first question was, if you identify as female or the primary caregiver, are you already mowing the lawns? What percentage do you think said yes and what percentage do you think said f no f no 90 percent not far off so 82 percent are definitely not mowing the lawns yeah 18 percent are loving it there was actually a really great tip from someone yeah they said it gives them a bit of time outside yeah put a, podca- put a podcast in and exercise and I was like, not oh, a bad true. point. Oh my gosh, this is so pathetic. But you know what I actually <laughs> just thought of then? When I was thinking of mowing the lawns, I was thinking of a ride-on mower. <laughs> you can tell how many times I've done it. I can just picture you out on the, the, the ride-on. My friend has like a huge property and all I've ever dreamed of is going on a ride-on mower. Wow. Have you seen them? They're sick. Oh, they're so cool. I then asked how much child-free time our friends on Instagram are getting per week. So the options were zero to one hours, mm-hmm. one to two hours, two to three hours, three plus hours. Oh, if anyone's getting three plus hours, they've definitely got a nanny. Um, I reckon that – what's the one? Zero to one. Yeah, so zero so. to one was the winner, 48%, yeah. Yeah. which devastated me. And then – one to two hours was 26%. Mm-hmm. Two to three hours was 12%. Three plus hours was 15%. Does that I, surprise you? I reckon I do get three hours of alone time a week. How? Do, are you including? Oh, sorry. I you thought you meant per day. Per week. Oh, per week. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. like if I was thinking if I include the time that they go to bed and then you just have alone time then. Plus on the weekends. Yeah, but are you actually having alone time to yourself? That's what I actually wanted to know. Are we including alone time as when your kids are in the next room and could wake up, for example? No, 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 no. It's like total alone time. No. In that in- case, I reckon I get two hours a week because Hayden's been great at taking Ray on Louis' dog walks. And that's probably like an hour on a Saturday morning I would and an almost, hour on a Sunday morning. I'd almost go a step further and say alone time is time where you can mentally switch off. Yeah, because if you have your child with you during the day, you don't really consider their nap as alone time. No, because you're So why doing would you something. consider like night time? Yeah, that's a really interesting one. I, I think we might have to ask what people consider again, alone time. Yeah. Because now that you're saying that, I'm like any time that your child is with you is not alone time. Of, of course it's not. Yeah, Luke. yeah. I'm no, sorry. But, so I, I should have laughed. You know, if they're asleep at seven thirty, I sort of think there's my alone time, but it's not really. 
It's absolutely not. When okay. Zave's sleeping, I'm like, that isn't alone time. No, because you're trying to get things done and, you're, and you're anticipating his wake. Yeah, and I would prefer to be at Chadston shopping by yeah. myself. You'd prefer to be, be getting some new sheets at Country Road, wouldn't you? Oh, some God, crisp I new sheets. Also, <laughs> by the way, sales. recently on an episode, you said, what are you going to do to defend anyone in your silky pajamas? I need yes. to ask you, are you not sleeping nude anymore? I am. <laughs> I have one pair. Do you chuck your silky pajamas on when you get out of bed? (laughs) I have one pair and I actually invested in it. Um, I actually have two pairs. I invested in one post-birth because everyone does it and it was a complete waste of time for me. (laughs) So there's a hot tip. If you don't wear them, don't bother. Uh, And then I invested in another pair when Ryan was away almost for a month. This is genuinely pathetic because I thought if I get robbed or mugged or get broken (laughs) to – I don't want to be nude. I don't. I reckon that's actually smart. But then I wore them and for two nights. And also sad that we even have to think about that. I wore them for two nights and I felt so restricted. So I've got to ask you, I've got another question for you that I've been thinking of. So Sienna's next to you and I'm not saying there's a problem with this, but yeah. you're nude next to her in the bed. Yeah. I love that. That's so cute. <laughs> that's so good. We've had some very funny conversations. <laughs> It's led to some interesting discussions. What she asked you? Also weird Mummy, stuff. Mummy, your boobies looked bigger a few months ago. Why are they so flat now? Have you stopped breastfeeding, Mummy? <laughs> no, right. just random things. Like, I don't know. What did she say to me the other day? She said, Mummy, put your arms around my sand pits. <laughs> does she mean arm pits? <laughs> That's brilliant. This has led to a few action items. I'm going to ask people if do they wear if pajamas? They, if they use the barbecue as a female, as a someone that identifies as female. Yep. Um, if people sleep nude or not, if we want to add that think in, it's we can. Common. Yeah, I wish that I. I don't know why I don't. I think because I don't want to change the sheets as often as you do. You're like a weekly gal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm closer to two. Nothing three better weeks. than a Tuesday. It's oh, my favorite sheet day. Crisp. Yeah. And then the third one is. What do we consider alone time? Good questions. I'll be asking them. You best believe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was I'm like a, a threat. <laughs> My tip this week is to use your keep in touch days if you're on leave returning to work. So you get 10. Um, so everyone gets 10. Everyone gets yep. 10. There are so many people that do not use these. Mm. And I have used them both times. And I found it super, super helpful mainly to connect with my manager, to connect with any any new team members that are brought on board before I start so it's not weird. Yeah. Otherwise yep. it can be a bit awkward when you go back. And it's a bit like I'm not new here. You are. <laughs> yeah, well, not that I'd have that mentality but no, yes. No, like just being like – It's you know, true. Yeah, um, this is what I did. This yeah, is and it's I'm. also just really helpful to regain your confidence so that when you go back to work you're not feeling like you don't know what's going on. Yes. Um, yeah, you get super, like the little update. Yeah, and they're super easy to organize. So mm. you literally contact HR and your manager. There's very few reasons as to why they can say no. And it's also a great way to top up your money bank. Because oh, you get paid for them. They're paid. paid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're paid keep in touch days at your wage. Okay. Yeah, did you see? This is why I found so it so get fascinating. It's literally like a paycheck for one day. Well, you can get a paycheck for up to 10. Yeah, but like it's, you're not saying it's, or you've already been paid it as like your package. Like, no, no, no. Above and over. Yeah, correct. So you can't take it while you're on paid parental leave from your organization. I'm not entirely sure if you can take it during government. During government. I'm pretty sure you can. Yeah. Um, But 
so many people aren't aware of it. I or, didn't know that. Yeah, exactly. This is why I want to give this as a tip. They are paid for by your organisation at your full daily Ten rate. Is not nothing either in terms of you. It's two weeks worth of pay. Yeah, yeah that's it's a bit of money. Pretty substantial. If you did that over two months or three months. Exactly, and it's really, really, really beneficial. Like I can't stress that enough. I think so many women, particularly after your first baby, mm. are like anxious about returning to work. 100%. Everyone, yeah. everyone I've interviewed says it feels worse in the lead up than it actually is. Exactly. But if you can use these and connect with people, have yeah. a lunch, that's still counted as a keeping in touch. Yeah. And also, can you actually just do a work day and like help with bits and pieces? So of course you can. How good would that feel? That yeah. would feel great. If you were like feeling a little bit overwhelmed by the throes of motherhood, Yep. that would be a really nice thing to do. I used one of mine for a team lunch and honestly also to use the rest of the day just to trawl through Slack. So I spent the entire day looking at channels on Slack just to see what conversations were happening, what people were talking about. And it was kind of like I was in the background, but it yeah. mentally I felt like I was more up. up to speed. Yeah, I love that. So there you go. That's and the mine. huge the huge one there is that you get paid for it. I didn't know that. Yeah. I just assumed it was sort of part of your salary package. No. So good. I mean, to be real, if I wasn't paid for it, probably oh, would wouldn't do be it? doing it. Yeah. Yeah, well, never thought about it till now. That's great. My tip is to, if you can, if it's within your means, hire a doula. I have found it particularly helpful. I just had a session with my friend Charlotte Squires, whose business is called The Living Doula. And I think when you go through birth, it can be a little bit nerve-wracking doing it again. Ray came a little bit early too, which was worked out not too bad. He had to stay in hospital, but it wasn't too bad. But any fears that I have that came out of last birth, we've developed like a bit of a strategy for my birth plan, what I'll need, what the hospital bag list will look like. One thing she was really helpful was defining what Hayden's role will be this time. Interesting. Last time, because it all happened so quickly, happened overnight, happened four weeks early, it sort of just, I think, caught Hayden and I both totally off guard. So he was really helpful in being like a drinks runner and putting the cold towel on me and all that stuff. But he sort of just let the midwives and I do my thing. And that's all I really wanted him to do. But this time I was like, I don't like to be touched when I'm in that sort of environment. Like I don't want hands on me. But I was like, I would like to sort of see you a bit more and you to be like there. Okay. So it was really interesting for talking about how do you want this to run versus last time as opposed to me just being a bit, how the fuck is this going to run? Yeah. So even if you can't hire a doula I would suggest maybe going through podcast episodes with doulas looking up some blog articles there's a lot of content out there and think about what has made you nervous from giving birth before and how you can combat that so that you can relax your mind as in the lead up I'm 29 weeks now by the time this is out I'll be 30 weeks And it has definitely eased my mind about all those things that were starting to stress me out a little bit. Even if you can't afford a doula, doula yourself and help yourself and your partner together, come together to find ways that aren't going to stress you out. That's all for today, Loz. It is. And as always, if you loved listening to today... If you love listening to today. That's fine. Okay. I'm all right with that. All right. If you love listening to today's episode, (laughs) more like it, please leave us a review. Positive ones are always appreciated. And follow us on readyornot.pod.